Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. If you're growing a brand around your nerdy passion, you can learn from business and marketing podcasts, or you can learn from nerds like you. This is the show built by bloggers, cosplayers, gamers, artists, and other entrepreneurs that are making the things you love. How's it going, entrepreneurs? Welcome to episode 68 of the Entrepreneur Podcast by Under the Capes. I hope everyone is staying safe and indoors and washing your hands and, and doing everything uh, to, to get through this rough time right now. Um, hopefully, you're staying sane. Um, and hopefully you're taking a chance to, to work on your entrepreneur passions a little bit. Um, I think we're all definitely have a little bit more free time on our hands or, or some of us have a lot of free time on our hands that hopefully isn't all going towards Netflix. Although I've, I've, uh, found a, a pretty, pretty good split there. <laughs> uh, but hopefully you are, are still finding the motivation and the time to to crush your your entrepreneur business i've got an awesome guest for you this week i am talking with victoria tran from kit fox games which is an awesome uh, indie game studio that is working on games like dwarf fortress mondo museum and boyfriend dungeon I first met Victoria at PAX East this year at Robin Bates' Renegade vs. Paragon panel that was a ton of fun. Um, Robin Bates from Coaching for Geeks I had on episode 62 of the podcast, and the panel had us debating morality and gaming, and Robin was dressed up as the horrible goose, and um, Victoria and I were actually on Team Paragon. So it was great to get a chance to have another conversation with her, talk a little bit more about Kit Fox. Um, she is the communications director at Kit Fox Games and handles all of their marketing for all the games they have in development. And we talk about a lot of great stuff, um, some great strategies for indie game marketers, which it's definitely um, a challenge as you're working with less resources and less people than um, some of the the big game studios um, she does an excellent job of building their community and we talk about a lot of great topics for for um, for game developers I think you guys are gonna get a lot out of this one so let's dive right on in all right I'm now joined by Victoria Tran from Kit Fox games Victoria thanks for joining me Thanks for having me. Yeah, so can you tell me a little bit about how you got started in game marketing? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a long story, but like in a nutshell, never thought I could be in games. I graduated with a degree in sociology uh, and social studies and medicine and communications, and I was going to go into healthcare PR, realized I didn't want to do it, had a bit of mental breakdown post-grad, um, and then started just honestly applying to a bunch of different places where I was interested in. And I managed to uh, talk to one of the programmers on Child of Light and just asked her for some advice about like working in games. And yeah, so I sent out my resume to a bunch of places and eventually a games outsourcing company uh, hired me. Um, I worked there for a bit 
And then I saw Kit Fox Games was hiring on Twitter. I applied and now I'm here. Awesome. And yeah, working with Kit Fox, um, so you're, you're promoting like Dwarf Fortress and Mono Museum. What have been the ways that you've, uh, like, I guess the most successful ways that you've marketed those and Boyfriend Dungeon, the, the, the new one coming out? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're all so different. Dwarf Fortress by itself <laughs> didn't need that much marketing work to be put in it to it, honestly, just because it has such a huge legacy. Um, so more on that was more like maintaining the announcement and kind of explaining why it was coming to Steam and why it would be paid and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um for Mondo Museum, it was a lot of reaching out to actual like museum people and talking to them and uh, getting them like excited and interested in the game because it is such a um, exciting topic, I think, and one that hasn't really been explored. And with Boyfriend Dungeon, honestly, everyone is just really thirsty for swords and for dating them. So we kind of just leaned into that aspect of the game. It's basically finding each aspect of the game that stands out and is really interesting and kind of uh, working with that. Yeah. Yeah, because I know you've talked in the past about how it's difficult for games because for a long portion of the marketing process, you don't really have much to show. Like maybe you have a single demo or there's a lot of stuff that you can't show yet and you can't talk about. Um, so like you said, with the, you know, they're uh, hungry for swords, like where you're kind of stretching a single preview out over a lot of different marketing material. Mm-hmm, basically, that's the eternal struggle, I think, for indie games and honestly, just games in general. And yeah, what have been um, so any tips for indie games um, making the most of their marketing when there's not too much to share? Yeah, so it's going to require a lot of creativity for sure and kind of figuring out what you can and cannot use. Um, one of the best things is always re- like cutting up your trailer into its different marketing beats and like different sections. So you could reuse it as gifts. You could reuse it as still screenshots. Um, a trailer can be stretched for a lot of marketing materials. Um, there's always work in progresses that you can do. But what I do a lot now is I basically take all of the basic assets from the game. So like any backgrounds that have already been revealed, any character art, any UI, whatever. And I just honestly try to like mishmash them together to fit whatever I'm trying to do. So like if um, I'm, I don't know, making a funny meme, I'll use like the character portraits and I'll edit them a little bit. I don't have like huge artistry, artist skills. So it's a lot of Photoshopping. It's a lot of figuring out what you can do with very little um, and also just being creative with it. Um, and it's, it's difficult and it will always be difficult, but it's definitely something that can be done. Yeah. I think that's even um, like you said, you don't have a ton of Photoshop skills and things are maybe a little bit uh, rougher, but that maybe makes you able to be a little more responsive and a little, a little scrappier with your, your social media tactics where you can like, try stuff out and immediately respond to trends and, and be a little more uh, agile, I guess. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, ex- that's exactly how I describe it, right? It's like you get to be really agile with your social media marketing. You get to see like, okay, what was the thing that people actually liked and which is the thing that got the most engagement? How can I reuse that or how can I repurpose this for something else that is interesting? And also, you know, noting down and telling the dev team like, oh, hey, like people really connected with this um, and they are really struggling to understand this, like no matter how I kind of try to uh, change it. So scrappy, like social media marketing definitely has its purposes. I think that's also a strength of the indie games where like some of the big studios will probably have a dozen people approving a social media message or like a campaign worth of content. And, um, like a lot of that feedback probably isn't getting back to the developers cause they're in a whole separate building, like where you, you guys have, uh, it's, less people on the marketing end so you're able to get stuff out quicker and you probably actually know the names of the developers <laughs> yeah it's it's um i mean there's obviously positives and negatives to everything like i get to turn around and next to me is our art director so i can tell him any like quick feedback that i've seen uh, but obviously the negative is that i basically have to figure out how to do all of most of the marketing stuff by myself and balance that time but you know it works out yeah and it also seems like the like you're experimenting with a lot of stuff and you kind of have to see how things work on the fly and kind of test things optimize different things like whether it's uh, you know how your your game looks in the the steam um, portal or you know what titles you're using or you know kind of optimizing and testing those things and learning as you go seem to be a a big key yes definitely what things um i guess for for some of your past games have you experimented with and kind of learned like this didn't really work for us this worked a little bit better how have you kind of tweaked things as as the the process has gone um So it really depends. But like one thing that always changes is kind of the way we make our Steam capsules. So the first image you see when you're browsing Steam and like, you know, the little preview images and uh, all that. It's like it's always like whether or not you have like a big DLC coming up or like the game's coming out, uh, you can always update it to see what your click through rate is, like see what is the most attractive image that... um, makes people click on your game basically. Right. Uh, And there's a lot of things that go into it, but definitely like the image is what matters a lot. So we'll poke around with it. We'll see when it drops and like, we'll try to change it and see if it goes up or not. And then we can kind of see what's interesting or popular. So we found, for example, with boyfriend dungeon, it's like when you have a face uh, instead of like just a weapon or some other random image like faces usually do much better in terms of click-through rate at least that's what we found who knows like for other games like it could be very different um but that was something that we discovered and we're always just we're always just tinkering around with things i'm always posting really random things on social just to see what hits and what doesn't um we're always looking at different uh, social media channels, different marketing strategies. It's it's honestly so much of marketing is just trying. It's like trying 50 things, having 48 of them fail, one of them be okay, and then one of them be really great. And that's the one thing that people talk about. Yeah. And like you said, it's you can't really have a 
a standard rule for everyone like put a put a face in your your uh images because it may not work for them but what are the what are the big things that you always try to test like you said the the cover images are, are a really big one or are there any other things that you think are really key to to always be testing um yeah i mean always testing like what gifts and what things do really well on social, um, I think having a very robust newsletter, even though it seems like kind of old and outdated, is actually very important because newsletters are usually the best for actual conversion and click-through rates um, in terms of like your own uh, marketing strategy, like that kind of stuff. Um, having, I don't know, just testing out what works for you, honestly. Like I can say what works best for KitFox, which is... Twitter, Discord, and newsletter works best for us. But, you know, there's other games that do very well on Reddit or there's other games that do very well, um, I don't know, on Instagram. It's just a lot of, a lot of testing and figuring out what works for you. Um, but, yeah, so but Kid Fox's strength has always kind of been that we're very scrappy and we're very honest about that scrappiness. Uh, so that's always been our thing. Yeah, and I think that's a good point on like finding the channels that work for you because like maybe a lot of uh, people feel like they have to be on every single social media, have to be sending newsletters, Discord, uh, you know, YouTube, everything, and and really you've kind of found those three channels that work for you. I'm assuming by experimenting with a lot of different ones, <laughs> and then focused more on those three and kind of focused your energy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. On the on the Discord, it seems like you and kind of your community in general, it seems like you've done a great job uh, building that community of gamers. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, what um, what tactics have you used to 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 grow that community? Yeah. Um, so, as with any social media channel, you kind of have to give them a reason to join, whether that's something like, oh, if you sign up for a newsletter, you get a free. Uh, wallpaper or join our Twitter for all the latest updates, like as fast as possible. Um, for discord, it's like, get to talk to with the, get to talk to the devs. Um, and any person who starts a discord, I think who doesn't have like a large games community behind them, I think will struggle at first because it is very difficult to get people to join a discord and to talk regularly in it. That's a lot of social energy you're asking from them. But uh, the way Kit Fox has done it is one, we already kind of had a community, so that was nice. Uh, and they did want to talk to us, the developers, more and get to know us. Um, but I think another thing is that we do uh, we do have things in the Discord like, oh, if you join this Discord, um, you can help name something. Like out of these three options, well, you can pick, you vote on the best one, we'll put it in the game. Like that kind of thing, just giving them a little bit basically of a lead magnet or a reason why they should join your discord and then talking to them. And then slowly as you know, more and more game hype builds up and then your game releases, I think more people will join, but it's always going to be a struggle in the beginning to grow that community and get them to talk for sure. And yeah, one thing you've talked about is it seems like you're not just focused on growing it like with size and engagement but you're kind of trying to shape the community in in a way that you want where you want it to be like having specific goals for the community and and you know yeah yeah i i think it's 
a mistake, not a mistake, that's a strong word. I think it's beneficial if community managers, community developers, people who basically work with the community a lot, um, have specific goals in mind for their communities, not just in terms of like, oh, like I want to get as much engagement as possible. I want all, uh, I want everyone to be super active. Like, of course, that's really great and you should have those goals too. But I think there is a, mm, how do I put it? A, a moral, <laughs> a moral thing I have with, uh, my work and my tech and the technology I work with is that I think compassion and technology can come together a bit more and thinking about how you can bet like leave your community better off than when they last were there for example it's like how do I make it a more positive place how do I make them feel better uh, about being online and interacting with us and not just like this one way let me scream marketing messages at you to buy our game um, and more of a, how do we grow as a community? How do we become better people together? And how do we learn from each other? Yeah, because I feel like a lot of companies talk about like, or they they think a lot about their company culture, but they don't really think about mm-hmm. community culture. Yeah, and we're in a very privileged position to be making the rules of like the places these people interact in. So not thinking about kind of the culture that you want to build and the like ethos of your community, I think is a lost is like a lost opportunity to like help people kind of understand you as a company, but also understand each other. And especially when you're using that so much as uh, like a channel to, to promote your games and to grow your overall community, like making sure that the community represents your company and the games you're creating um, seems even more important in that situation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So one of the other things that it seems like um, you do really well is, is working with press and influencers to, um, to kind of get the word out about your games. Um, Any, any tips for, for reaching out to people like that to, to do a little promotion? Yeah. Um, so one of the, th- I think one of the biggest things to remember about when you reach out to press and to influencers is that they have similar goals, but they have very different goals at the same time. Um, and you need to cater your outreach to them in that specific way. So for example, uh, when you are trying to pitch to press, like about your game, things that they're interested in are like things that are really newsworthy. So like exclusives or like first time looks or new trailers. So you want to have something for them, like make it yeah, make it something that they want to report on because what matters to them is that people are reading their content and reacting to it and, you know, sharing it and that kind of thing. Um, Obviously, you also want to cater to their interests. Like, don't, you know, pitch, I don't know, a 2D platformer to someone who has many times just been like, I hate 2D platforms. I just want to play, I don't know, really low-key RPG games. You know, whatever. Like, doing your research and figuring out what they like and what they don't like is really important for press too. because, you know, you want them to enjoy the game. Um, And then with influencers, they're not necessarily looking for exclusives. What they want is a shared experience with their community, right? So their livelihood is based on the fact that, you know, people are watching them, people are reacting with them, and people want to share experiences with them. So if you're going to pitch a game, you want to kind of cater to that because you're not just catering to 
one influencer, you're catering to an influencer in their audience. So it's something that you need to think about. Um, and obviously you also need to think about their own interests and their, and whether or not they like to play the games you play. Um, and even if they do like to play the games you play, for example, like maybe someone does love playing dating simulators, um, but all they do is stream Fortnite because that's what their audience wants. Then I'm not going to pitch them Boyfriend Dungeon because it's not, they're not going to be streaming that they're not going to be interested in showing their community that. Um, so yeah, it's really thinking about the goals and catering your cold outreach emails or warm ones. I don't know, um, to their specific needs. Yeah. Cause I feel like there's too much stuff out there where they're sending, like people will send the same email or DM to everybody. And it's, it's, talking only about the game not about what the other person can get out of it which is important and it's not taking like not personalized to them at all so it's not really gonna gonna resonate with the the person you're sending it to at all Mm -hmm. and yeah you talked a little bit about um kind of finding a way to to let them know what what they can get out and what sets your games apart um so what um what messaging have you found works for for your games to to kind of let to let people know what makes them unique? You mean like in our emails or So I guess what's the um like as far as like what's the what makes Boyfriend Dungeon unique uh, as a game or what's your what's your usual pitch for that you that you found successful? Oh, so for Boyfriend Dungeon it's always been again the theme uh because it's very strange. I mean, it's two things. One is that you get to romance your swords. That's like always my kind of line for it. It's like you romance your swords uh, because people, like you date your weapons, that kind of stuff, because that is weird, but interesting. And also people kind of want to do that. Uh, but you, but I also like follow it up with like, it's also like a unique dating simulator, dungeon crawler mashup. But the thing is, it's that you always want to kind of, um, lead it with a feeling like some sort of emotion or like a weird hook kind of thing like not necessarily an explanation of the game just like some uh, attractive way to describe your game that isn't like you're listing off a features list because no one really wants to read a features list right so um, for example it's like it's one thing to say date your weapons like have fun in this oh god i'm totally winging this so it's not going to sound very good like have fun with this uh romantic uh action-packed whatever that that wasn't a great opening line but that's like it's like yeah i'm going it's it's based on like the feeling and rather than me pitching it as like a unique mashup of dungeon crawling dating simulator um, aspects of procedurally generated dungeons nine different ways to play like that kind of thing like that just feels like i'm listing off product features um and that's not very exciting that's exciting after you pitch like kind of the emotional aspect of the game so i would say whenever you're pitching a game it's to focus on what is actually exciting about it in terms of like oh like this is the easiest way someone's going to understand why they should should be excited for this game and then moving on to everything else. Yeah. Cause I think the, the mechanics are important after you get that kind of feeling of like, am, am I going to have fun? Does this fall in my wheelhouse of like, interest? Mm-hmm. and then does it fall into like, all right, is this the kind of game I like playing? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, this has been great, Victoria. Do you have one final piece of advice for someone just starting out building a geek brand? Oh, uh, I mean, I've already said this, but I think it's always worth repeating. But you need to try things and you need to fail at them and you're going to continue failing at them no matter how much experience you get. But the point is to just keep trying and figuring out what works for you um, and taking all the advice you get with a grain of salt because, you know, context matters. Um, but yeah, that, that's my last piece of info. Just just keep trying. And it's going to take time, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I've had I've had people in the past admit like, yeah, I've told people that, you know, this method was, you know, wouldn't work at all, like whether it's podcasting or YouTube or whatever, and I was dead wrong about it. So like don't always listen to even, mm-hmm. even experts. Yep, exactly. Um awesome. Well, um so what are the the games that Kitfox uh currently has out and where can people go to learn a bit more about them and and follow you? Yeah, uh, so you can find Kit Fox on Twitter at Kit Fox Games. We're Kit Fox Games everywhere. Um, and basically, we have four games currently in development. Uh, one is Boyfriend Dungeon, Dating Simulator, Dungeon Crawler Mashup, Date Your Weapons, uh, Dwarf Fortress, Mondo Museum, which, uh, which is a museum building simulator, and Lucifer Within Us, which is a game where you play as a digital exorcist and you kind of figure out the mysteries of the murders. Um, you can find all of those on Steam, wishlist them. Uh, yeah, and then you can find me personally, also on Twitter, at the VTran, uh, and you can see all my shenanigans there. Awesome. Yeah, Victoria, thanks so much for uh, talking with me. Yeah, thank you for having me on again. There you have it, guys. My talk with Victoria Tran, communications director at Kit Fox Games. Um, I I really liked this talk with her. I think one of the things that we we talked about that um, that she had some great advice on is kind of that idea of of doing some more scrappy marketing. You know, taking advantage of the fact that as a smaller game developer, you have the ability to be a little more agile, be a little more responsive test things try new things figure out what works and focus on those things um so i hope you guys got a lot out of this as well you should definitely give victoria a follow on twitter at the v tran and check out kit fox games at kit fox games and at kitfoxgames.com and I'll include links to all of this in the show notes at underthecapes.com slash episode 68. And I hope you guys got something out of this episode. Next, uh, in two weeks, I will be talking with Anya Combs from Kickstarter. She was, she joined Victoria and I on the, the PAX East panel. I got a chance to talk with her as well. And we have an awesome discussion. So look for that in a couple of weeks. And until then, hope you stay safe, hope you stay productive, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Entrepreneur Podcast by Under the Capes. I hope this episode has helped motivate you to either start or grow your geek brand. If you liked the episode, I would love if you could give us a rating and a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to be listening from. And feel free to connect with us on social media, on Twitter at Under the Capes, on Facebook at Under the Capes, 
and on Instagram at Under the Capes Cosplay. Thanks so much and have a great day.